Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, November 13th, and as promised, we are bringing y'all the Black Panther Wakanda Forever review. But before that, we do have to acknowledge that our one true only Batman has passed away, Kevin Conroy. So may he rest in peace. Thank you to him, to his family for supporting him and for delivering one of the most renowned Batman to ever have walked this earth. Yes. Yep. He was great. Rest in peace. Absolutely. On to other things as we talk about more death, really. Uh, We've got Wakanda (laughs) forever. And... uh, (laughs) Per our usual comically comics, I've got first appearances and I've got a synopsis and I actually wrote it down this time. So (laughs) here we go. (laughs) First appearances. Hold on, people, because we're about to get down. Uh Oh, Shuri is in Black Panther number two of 2005. She is also featured as the Black Panther in Black Panther five from 2009. We've got Queen Wormanda, Shuri's mother and T'Challa's mother. Marvel Comics Presents, number 14 from 1989. M'Baku from Avengers 62, 1969. Nakia from Black Panther 1 of 1998. You'll also find Okoye from that same issue. Anika from Black Panther number 8, 2009. Midnight Angels, Doom War, number 5, 2010. Everett Ross from Kazar, number 17 of 1998. Namora from Marvel Mysteries Comics, number 82 of 1947. Namor, Motion Pictures Funnies Weekly, number one from 1939, or Marvel Comics number one from 1939, which is a reprint of that, or Marvel Mystery Comics number two from 1939. So just whatever you consider the first appearance there, really. Um, Atuma from Fantastic Four number 33, 1964. Riri Williams is the Invincible Iron Man number nine from 2016. Um, Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine is from Strange Tales 159. <laughs> I've got it. I'm just gonna, yeah. Like that. That was one take, people. That was that was one take. That was, that was, that was very impressive. I had to get tongue tied during all of that. That's oh yeah, yeah. Now on to synopsis. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we start the movie off with a moving memorial for T'Challa, aka really Chadwick Boseman. Let's be honest. Yeah. Then we fast forward a year later. We get that Shuri is still mourning her brother T'Challa's death. A new threat is revealed in the form of Namor, or as his people call him, Kukul Khan, the feathered serpent god, and his kingdom of Talakon, not Atlantis. Namor is after Riri Williams, who developed a machine that's able to find vibranium for her class project. Little did she know, though, that was going to the government. The machine puts Talakon in danger of being found. Wakanda protects Riri. War breaks out between Wakanda and Talakon. Shuri recreates the heart-shaped herb and becomes the new Black Panther. Uh, Shuri faces off against Namor and was... There goes my not being tongue-tied. Shuri faces off against Namor and wins through yield, and the world is saved, and all is well, or is it? Or is it? Or is it? So, yeah, there we go. Nice little rundown. Yeah. I think, anyways. (laughs) Well meters. What's your well meter, Jeremy? We'll go... Yeah, my, my wife and I did it last night right after the we watched it. And I will say I'm pleasantly whelmed. 
I'm on the lower end of pleasantly whelmed. But... I was gonna say you don't sound very uh, confident with that pleasantly whelmed. Yeah, because it's. I mean, it was a <laughs> it was a good movie, but it's one that I'm not necessarily gonna highly recommend people go see type thing. Okay, what was your wife's whelming? I'm interested to hear that if she gave one. She was pleasantly whelmed, but on the higher end, like almost to the, like she really enjoyed it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. And then. part of it was because you turds making me read the. <laughs> The other comic before. <laughs> I know I mean, it really this, had like very little to do with this movie, but still, I was kind of yeah. like. <laughs> Morlon was not in this at all. Oh, thank God. No, oh, my God. <laughs> I was really, I was really hoping for Bass, though. Yeah, me too. I was really hoping for yeah. Bass. Yeah. Well, they mentioned her like the first yes. word was yeah. Bass of the movie. So yeah. like, that was crazy. Yeah. Richard, what's your Wilming? You know what? I I don't know how I feel about this movie. I've only seen this movie once, and I usually like to see movies two times before I like give it a review. <laughs> and I'm gonna say I'm kind of with Jeremy. Like I'm somewhere between whelmed and pleasantly whelmed, leaning more to the whelmed. And it's because this movie's such a sad movie. This movie is so sad to me. I need to give it another watch. I do have beef about one thing about it. We'll get into it when we get into it. But yeah, I, I guess I would have to say like I'm on the low side of pleasantly whelmed as as well as Jeremy. <laughs> Wasn't this one sp- like supposed to be one of the longer MCU movies? Like it I think it's it is the longest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, its runtime was two hours, forty one minutes and seven seconds. <laughs> if you want to know the actual runtime, because I did uh, I did sort of get a rough estimate of the actual runtime. The actual runtime is two hours, <laughs> 31 minutes, and one second. <laughs> roughly. Throw that one second out there. Roughly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm whelmed by this. And I don't know if it's because usually sequels are never as good as the original. And like this one had a lot going against it anyways with the passing of Chadwick Boseman and stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm just whelmed. Like I Yeah. I'm not highly whelmed. I'm not lowly whelmed. Like it's just yeah. it was a movie and I I'm not really interested in watching it again. It's not a bad movie, but it ain't the first Black Panther, that's for sure. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just I'm just whelmed. Just whelmed. Yeah. That's it. And I really don't even have a whole lot of beef with it. Like, I was trying to sit there and write, like, things that I didn't like, and I didn't have anything really substantial to write. Yeah. I will say, like, on, kind of on Richard's point of it being, like, a sad movie, I loved at the beginning how they did the moment of silence with bringing Marvel Studios in. And Oh, my God. That was really cool. Yeah. Did did your theater, my theater was dead silent during that. I didn't know. Yeah. Like, there wasn't even, like, rustling of popcorn bags. It was just dead silent. Yeah. I think I was the only one. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I had beef with, though, was this movie was dark. And I don't mean tonally. I mean visually. This movie was dark. They needed to turn some damn lights on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> when we see Talokan for the first time, and it's underwater... I was like, I can't see shit right now. Like, right? <laughs> like I cannot see a damn thing. <laughs> that was the most disappointing thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I was expecting, like, something with, like, bioluminescent, you know, when they were in the cave 
They're yes. talking about how worms were like lighting up. So I was expecting something like that in Talokan. And then he talks about he created some kind of vibranium sun thing to yes. light up the area. I'm like, well, you need like three more because it's dark <laughs> as hell down here. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was my complaint too. Like whenever we were, the movie theater that we went to, they didn't even turn the lights completely off in the, the stadium. Oh, no. Like oh, in God, the, the movie annoying. theater room. I don't know why they didn't. That one and um, whenever uh, Shuri and Ramonda were sitting, you know, by the little fire where they meet, first meet uh, Namor. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. see their surroundings or anything. I just saw them and the little fire. <laughs> oh, you got robbed, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of the ones that I complained about as well, that it was just so dark. You could barely see a damn thing. I was just like, what, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I know, Richard, you sometimes go out to the drive-thru. Did y'all do that this time? No, we, we couldn't get out there that far. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we saw a late showing Saturday night at an actual theater. Okay, all right. So, yeah, like, I was pleasantly surprised because I had booked our tickets and stuff like that, and our theater had been, like, recently renovated. So we had, like, full-blown recline, like, electric reclining seats. And, oh, wow. oh, nice. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was freaking great. I loved it. And it, the theater was dark enough to where, like, I could see everything, but totally with y'all 100%. There were scenes where I was underwhelmed with uh, Talokan. Um, the outdoor night scene where they first meet Namor, that was extremely dark. I mean, I figured they did the one at the very first when Namor's kicking ass. With that, like pulling that helicopter and stuff, I figured yeah. that was on purpose so you didn't get a yeah. full yeah. clips of him. But still, I was like, "Dadgum it, y'all!" <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that I'm gonna be able to enjoy this at home. Like, I'm not gonna be able to get my house this dark. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to take it back to the beginning, though, I wanted to ask, like, how did y'all feel about T'Challa really slash Chadwick's memorial? Because we got a funeral for T'Challa. And that whole like thing right there. And then, like you said, that moment of silence and like the entire Marvel logo coming in is just Chadwick as T'Challa. What how what were y'all's thoughts on that? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it was really cool. I even got like little chill bumps from it every now and then, but I enjoyed it. And knowing some of the, you know, how you know nobody knew his illness and this how, especially like the the lady that plays Shuri didn't know and just found him basically after he had already passed. I mean, like, I, I felt like those were some real tears and, you know, there in the, in that first scene and yeah. like out of almost nowhere, that moment of silence, just, it was going from all that hype and all everything. And then just boom, just right? completely silent. And I was like, that was, it was really cool. Yeah. Here's the, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was shocked because I really thought they weren't going to say T'Challa in in universe died of a disease. I thought they were going to say like he died in battle or some or something like that. It's very strange because it's like a char- a main character died off screen, and I know it's because the actor obviously died. I thought it was very well handled, and yes, I agree with you, Jeremy. I think that scene when they're all around the casket and you see Kumbaku, Ramonda, Shuri, and they're all like crying. I feel like that is one hundred percent not acting at that point. Those are real tears. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll get into it. Some behind the scenes stuff was apparently Ryan Coogler wrote the script, finished it, and then he contacted Chadwick, and he was like, "Hey, man." Uh, I want you to take a look over the script before, you know, I submit it. 
And he said, this was on a podcast, by the way, produced by Marvel. It's hosted by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Y'all get a chance, go listen to it. Listen to our podcast first, but then go listen to this one. (laughs) (laughs) But he said when he was talking with Chadwick, he could tell he wasn't feeling well because he he said he sounded sick. He sounded weak. And he said, nah, man, I'm good. You know, I don't want to, you know, influence the script anyway. I trust you, you know, just go ahead and send it. And then two weeks later, he died. Fuck. Jeez. And they gave them six months to rewrite the script. So both the actors and like the producer and director and everything, they didn't really have time to mourn, I think. Yeah. And this movie feels that. Like you can yeah. feel that this movie was like a cathartic thing for Ryan Coogler. I mean, he in the interview, he even breaks down and like gets choked up and kind of cries when he's talking about this moment. So I think that's the reason why there's there's all this kind of weird stuff going on. But yeah, anyway. Gotcha. All right, then let's uh let's take it back to what you were talking about a second ago. Maybe we already hit on it enough though, but like I was so underwhelmed with Talocon. Like, I don't know if it was because I was expecting something like Atlantis from Aquaman or yeah, like mm. what the deal? Because like when you see Atlantis and Aquaman, it's like, wow, it's like freaking Las yeah. Vegas underwater. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. And then I was expecting that. Like I was getting so pumped when he was like, I was getting like Finding Nemo vibes. It's like, oh, we're going to surf the channel, man. <laughs> and so <Yeah>. like... <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither one of y'all got that not not the finding nemo one no but <laughs> <laughs> i mean now that you say it yeah totally it's it's yeah i was so seeing squirt and it's like oh no you're gonna sit there and do this and do that, and do that. <laughs> you're so cute but i don't understand the thing you're saying <laughs> so, but yeah i just i was expecting something spectacular when we see when we saw yeah. it and i was just like so underwhelmed same so underwhelmed yeah, I like it was cool because you see like kids playing that like ancient mind game. I don't know what it's yeah. called, unfortunately. And you, you're like, oh, we're at the, you know, we're just getting a little taste. And then you see it and it's like you said, it's just so underwhelming, especially like I don't know about y'all, but in my theater, they played the trailer for the new Avatar movie, which is an yes. underwater oh, yeah. themed. <laughs> and while I hate the Avatar movies, like they look beautiful, but storytelling wise, it's been done before. But anyway, it looked visually beautiful and then i was expecting something on equal visually and it wasn't because it was just all covered up by like the blackness of the sea and i i don't that's a weird choice to do yeah yeah it it really is and i i get i was the same way like it seemed like there there was like this obviously big society big whatever there and you couldn't see anything of it really it just it just looked all dark and gloomy like it's even like back there towards the end whenever Shuri is kind of playing all the memories in her head and stuff like that she had the flashes of Wakanda and it's just so bright and like full of life and everything and then you go to she has the ones from Talakan and it's just it just falls flat and that whole Talakan like the the people there and even Namor I was honestly just kind of underwhelmed with like it just it, it didn't have a as big presence. Like I I just I wasn't I wasn't really feeling anymore. So well, now I will say the design choices for both. I'm just gonna call them Atlanteans because <laughs> that's what I know them from the comic right? books. But the Atlanteans, Namor, 
the Wakandans, the costuming, and, like, the design of everybody looked fantastic. Like, Namora's, like, fucking headdress thing looks cool. Oh, my gosh, Crazy. Atuma's, like, shark hammerhead thing looked cool. Even Namor's green whitey tidy <laughs> as silly as it did, but it looked cool. I, I loved him in the, his like headdress when he goes to like sit on the throne and stuff, which we've all seen that from the trailer, but still it looked great in this movie. But the, the place itself was underwhelming, but the people weren't. So I was going to ask real quick, the scene where he comes down and like he's got his headdress on, he's addressing like Talokan and stuff like that. Did it look like when he first started talking, did his face not look like it was CGI'd? Yeah. I yeah, thought it, it did. did. Like I, I was like, oh, this doesn't this looks like a video game yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes. The one I can think of right now is the final battle between Black Panther and Namor when they crash land onto the like island or whatever, and they're kind of like trying to get their bearings after the crash. Yeah. That looks real bad. Like it looks like it looks CGI and then the animation is janky. It almost looks like <laughs> stop motion animation. I was like, oh, wow. Uh oh, what's going on here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the only the, that was the only one that I saw was just when he yeah. came down the headdress, he started talking. I was like, shit, this looks like one of those movies from the, the Call of Duty war games or something like that. Like this. <laughs> oh, no. this is, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah. But you were you were bringing up Namor, Jeremy, and how you weren't. What's what was your beef with Namor? Why weren't you? Why didn't you like him? Oh, I mean, I, obviously, I don't know much about or anything about Namor, but I don't know. Like there were times with him where I just wasn't vibing with him. I don't know just, <laughs> <laughs> his his chemistry or or something. Like even in that scene where he comes down on the throne, I told my wife afterwards, I was like, that one just it felt awkward to me. Like. I don't know. I just didn't get it was one of supposed to be one of those scenes where he's getting everybody riled up and ready to go and I got nothing. I was just like <laughs> okay, just some of those I just didn't wasn't really feeling him. He did uh, there were there were other ones where I did enjoy like whenever he was first telling his his story of how he came to be and his mom and everything like that part I thought he did a really good job. You could feel in that like, how much he wanted to protect his people. Yeah. And like you could almost be on his side a little bit on him wanting to protect his people and everything. But of course, obviously, the way he was wanting to go about it, not that great. But um, <laughs> <laughs> as just the whole like I was not, like I said, just the chemistry wasn't fully there for me. Yeah, genocide's usually not a good thing, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so do we need to change it to like Thanos and Namor? Right. <laughs> So I think the reason why you're not feeling him, Jeremy, is because I think they captured the character perfectly because he's a dick. He comes <laughs> off like... <laughs> My wife uh, was like, yeah, this... I can see what you mean. Like, he's a total dick. He's an asshole. <laughs> he's a fish dick. And uh, yeah, he comes off with that. But he's also slightly charming because like when he captures Riri and he's showing like you know, like they have that moment where they meet and he gives like his mom's bracelet to her. Yeah. You can tell I'm like, there's there's a little there's a little vibe going on between these two. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think Tanakh Huerta, he knocked it out of the park as far as Namor goes. I'm not a big Namor fan. I'm still not a big Namor fan, but he captured Namor perfectly, I think, in this in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think I said last podcast, like I've not read a whole lot of Namor stuff or anything like that. I've never been like into the character or anything. But I told my wife as we were leaving, I said, yeah, I said I was telling the guys of the day, like how I enjoyed Namor in the book that we read. And I was paraphrasing, but I was like, Richard pretty much was like, well, yeah, you did, because he's an ass. (laughs) I mean, you said that. I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But he was one of my, Namor was one of my favorites in this movie. I freaking loved him in this movie. The actor that played it, the only thing I have a problem with Namor is that he's got that bull ring or whatever in his nose. And it's it's so distracting. Yeah. yeah, like I don't care about piercings. God knows I don't care because I've got stretched ears. But like that was just so distracting. And I caught myself just continuously looking at it because I was like, that thing is massive. Like <laughs> you want to talk about piercings and weird the the Wakandan like. Oh, yeah. I, the, the one with the big gauged lip. He, he does a lot of talking like he had a few lines in the last movie but he does a lot of talking in this one. Right. And I was like, I need subtitles. I can't understand. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was thinking the same thing. Like I, cause see, I didn't remember him ha- saying anything at all in other, other movie, which I, I mean, that's not surprising, but um, like in this one, it, <laughs> in this one, he just, he had, a, yeah, he had a lot to say. And I was like, wow, this, this is interesting. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken in Black Panther one, he was the one that asked Killmonger what his name was because yeah, he kept daring them to ask what his name was and T'Challa wouldn't nobody would do it. And he finally spoke up and I don't even know that Killmonger understood what he said, but he just went with it and was like, ah <laughs> <laughs> So since we're talking about Killmonger and you said something about the way he was going about, you know, that Namor was going about wanting to fix his problem. Did y'all ever get like they were making Namor Killmonger or or giving them almost kind of the same kind of story kind of thing where it was like this beef and just this world domination like aspect? Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, I could see that. I feel like Shuri was going down like an anti-hero path and that's why obviously Killmonger shows up. I also kind of feel like the script was intended to have Killmonger all along and it was going to be Chadwick Boseman addressing Killmonger in the ancestral plane. I feel like that's something that they kept and carried over for the new version of the script, but I can kind of see that. Yeah, I could, I could see that a little bit too. Obviously, like I think their motives were a little different, but yeah, I could see how they, it's, it's very similar. I mean, motives were different in the sense, to me anyways, in the sense of like the Black Panther killed Killmonger's father. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, he had nobody, it seems like, after that. And so he had like a vendetta against Wakanda almost, it seemed like. Whereas Namor had a vendetta against all land walkers. Like everybody he yeah. saw that walked the land in his eyes because of his origin story was a bad guy. I think also Killmonger, he was mad at Wakanda for two reasons. One, that his father was killed by T'Chaka and that Wakanda had the ability to protect basically all black people. Yes. And that yes. they didn't do that. Yes. And that's what he wanted to do was basically like, you guys have the means to like, you know, black people have been oppressed, you know, because of slavery and all this other stuff. Yeah. And he wanted to protect his people. Yes. And Namor has the same thing. He wants to protect. Yeah. His, I mean, he sees, he literally sees slavery happening. Like he goes to bury his mom and there's like slave traders, like just pulling right. in this movie. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> and of course he just burns the dude's house to the ground. 
Yes, that's where I'm coming. Like, that's where I'm coming from. That's where I'm kind of making those links to and stuff like that. Yeah. Is yeah. like when I saw that, I was like, oh crap. Like, are they are they just using the same story? Yeah. As like Killmonger almost. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's more in depth with Namor, it seems like, because of what he actually saw as a child. Yeah. But yeah, that I don't know. I don't know if that was like a cheap or what. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I hadn't noticed it until honestly you said it. But yeah, you're right. It is they're very parallel to one another. So one other thing that my wife and I were talking about after the movie was how the crap did Namor even get into Wakanda? He's a boss. <laughs> I guess. Because they, they never explained how he and his people would just, I mean, is it just because they they swam deep enough and got under it there? I, I mean, if, if so, that's pretty pitiful. Yeah. The, the thing that I think is that all rivers and lakes eventually lead to the ocean. So maybe there's something that's deep underneath that Wakanda doesn't know about, and he just swam up through there. That's the only thing that I can think of. I mean, they never talked about, like, Talokan. Like, Talokan, I don't even know that Wakanda really knew about Talokan. Like, it, yeah. it ne I never got vibes that Wakanda knew about Talokan before all this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love in that scene when Namor is revealed to Ramonda and Shuri for the first time, and... He's saying like, you know, oh, my city is, you know, built on vibranium as well. And Ramonda's all like, that's not true. You know, we, we're the only place that has vibranium. And Shuri's like, mom, he's literally covered in it. <laughs> I felt right. very like, I felt very like a daughter talking to her like older parent. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> well, and then they bring up the point later on. It's like the world's covered in, you know, whatever percentage of water. Now I feel like an idiot, like I should know that. But like the probability <laughs> of vibranium being in the water is pretty high. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like kryptonite. It's just, it's everywhere. You just got to find it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I didn't want to skip past this because we just brought him up. And But Michael uh, B. Jordan comes back as Killmonger in this. And yeah. he's, he's the person that meets Shuri when she takes the synthetic heart shape oh. her because she's yeah. achieved remaking it. Right. Which I, I got questions about that too. Anyways, were y'all surprised to see Killmonger as the one that, that greets her? I, yeah, I was a little bit like, to be, to be honest. Like I said, I was I was really hoping to see Bast in this in that part, and but yeah, I could see how he how he played well with what her emotions and her thoughts were like. Yeah, I was not because I read spoilers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was when I first read it and revealed, I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about that, but it makes sense in this movie because like I said, this script feels felt like it was very cathartic. Like it feels like the five stages of grief, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. It feels like Ryan Coogler was in the anger moment because Shuri says at one point, she's like, I just want to burn the world. Yeah. And that makes sense of Killmonger kind of being the person that she sees instead of T'Chaka or T'Challa. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to see T'Challa uh, because of Chadwick Boseman. But yeah, I was shocked about that. We can come back to it. But one of the things, just thinking off the top of my head, I was shocked that they killed Ramonda on this. I was really shocked that that, that happened. Yeah. That was going to be one of my other things to ask y'all. Like, were, did y'all see that coming? Like, obviously you didn't, Richard, but... But yeah, I I totally did not see that coming at all. Like I was just like, no way they're gonna kill her. Like, and then my wife was like, I was surprised that they killed her so quickly. Like I figured she'd be on 
like at least in a bed, like showing tickers or something. And then later on, you know, Riku would come in or she said Nakia would come in and, and like let Shuri know and it'd be a mimic of earlier on in the movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was I was totally caught off guard by that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was too. As far as like Killmonger's, I didn't read spoilers, but I was, of course, I'm always like watching all the, the leakers and the specs and all of this and the that. And Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger was always in the talks of that. But of course, you never know how true those are going to be. Like the woman that we see at the very beginning of the movie that's on the ship, reportedly she was supposed to be like Doom's right-hand man. I can't remember what her name is, but uh, something Von Von Baron or something like that. She eventually takes over Latveria. So like that was reportedly who she was supposed to be. And that was going to link the whole getting vibra- Doom getting Vibranium back to that. Anyways, but yeah, I was totally surprised because in my mind, when she went to the place where Ramonda had died, I was like, oh crap, she's going to see her mom. I wonder if that's like a thing because, you know, T'Challa sees T'Chaka and yeah. I feel like that's who he was like closest to. Like he was taking his daddy's role and stuff like that. And so like, that's why he saw him in the ancestral plane with the other Black Panthers and stuff. And then Killmonger, because he was so full of hatred and stuff like that, like Killmonger went back to the place where his dad died. And so like he saw his dad there. And then I was like, okay, well now we're back to the place where Shuri's mom died, who she's probably really close with right now. And I wonder if it, if that's what it's going to be. Is like, that's what the linkups are, is that it's going to be a, where your person died re- either recently or something along those lines, or that's just what hit homes with you. And then I see him and I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, keep him relevant because like, of course comics, nobody dies, but like he has been resurrected several times. I think we've talked about this in other podcasts where like, yeah. it, it's, it's no, no new thing for him to have been resurrected by a witch doctor and like, <laughs> yeah, him, he, him be back to life. So yes, absolutely. Somebody resurrect him, bring him back because that was a complete waste to kill him, especially yeah. the way they did it, which I've got beef with in this movie too, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> Since you bring up witch doctors and stuff, all throughout this movie, I feel like due to, I don't know, I, I feel like Wakanda came to the aid of the Avengers during Endgame and Infinity War and like I was just kind of like, why don't they call in that favor? Hey, Wong, I need your because like Namor's yeah. strong, but he ain't magic. <laughs> like right? I was really kind of wanting some like at the very least, Bucky should have shown up. Bucky owes everything to Wakanda, in my opinion. Yeah. At the very least, they should have had Aoi like go like, hey, I know somebody that can help, and Bucky gets called and showed like. Because I have a feeling like Bucky gets a phone call and it's like, what's happening? I'm on my way. And like you hear like a gun cock. <laughs> right. And then he hits up Sam and then they they fly over there. Yeah. I mean, like, but also, I mean, if you called Wong, all he could do is just teleport Namor somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he's a yeah. scroll. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and again... <laughs> to your original comment of Bucky coming, Bucky for Black Panther. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I figured you would. I mean, really, and all I could have done is just called in Captain Marvel and just be done in like 30 oh. seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a cool idea about maybe what the, like, I wish they would have taken this movie off the slate once Chadwick had passed and gave them time to rethink how to do this movie. 
one of the ideas I had was, I, I think it would have been cool since she successfully recreates the heart-shaped herb. They should have made like multiple people the Black Panther. So like M'Baku, Nakia, Shuri, uh, whoever, uh, Okoye, and they all fight to like defeat kind of like a reverse of like Avengers versus X-Men where like the Phoenix Force gets split up between like five different X-Men. Yeah. And I think that would have been cool just to have that be the way they defeat Namor. And at the end, they all take the little like thing that depowers them. And that would give them a chance for the next movie to, to fully decide like who will be the next Black Panther. Which, because that, I mean, that's my, uh, we may be skipping away ahead with this, but that's my other question. Like, so she's supposedly Black Panther, but yeah, she's not going to be queen. Yeah. From what I understand in the comic, being the king and the Black Panther is usually not a thing. Usually there's the king. And there's the Black Panther because T'Challa was the Black Panther in the movie, but his dad was king and then his dad died. So yeah. he became the king and the Black Panther. Yeah. Gotcha. So I, I think it just sometimes it lines up that the king is also the Black Panther, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, I would think it would make sense that the elder Black Panther would more than likely become the king or like take that over if they had like royalty blood kind of thing. I'm kind of surprised as well, though, Jeremy, like especially with the ending, you get Mbaka coming off and he's like, hey, I want to challenge for the throne. And, you know, good damn well, ain't nobody out there going to challenge M'Baku. <laughs> No. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. is M'Baku king of Wakanda now? Like, is that what's going on? Um, and then Shuri, it looks like she's gonna stay the Black Panther. Yeah. So I, mm, I don't know how like uh, the ending of this really like the, of course the mid scene which we'll eventually get into, but like I enjoyed that. But yeah, the indie ending, I'm like I don't know. Just a couple of things. I love Winston Duke in this movie. Yes. Oh, Win yeah. Winston Duke great. is great in this movie. I love that he calls Namor a fish man like multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> He was just like, who is this fish man? And it's just great. <laughs> I love they show him growing as a person, like how he's actually like almost yeah. giving counsel to Shiri. Yeah. How to run the country, which also makes me feel better that he will be like essentially the king for Wakanda. Yeah. And I love the line that he says to Okoye. He's like, he says something. He calls her a bald headed demon. I just think <laughs> that's so <Yes>. funny. <laughs> Well, so in that same scene, though, he sits there and he's he's at the council, but he's not he's kind of sitting down, I guess. He, he I don't think mm -hmm. he sat down until they like asked him what he would do about Namor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we should have killed him. And I leaned over to my wife. I said, and that's why he's not the Black Panther. And that's why he can't be the king of the Wakanda, because his impulse is, oh, you fucks with me. OK, fine. I fucks with you back and I kill you. Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. and I'm like, no, you can't have that as the king you can't have that as a black panther you can't have that as the king of wakanda and then of course later on he's like oh no don't kill him and it's like yeah bro if we'd done it your way he'd have been like he'd have been murked already like it had been done <laughs> and he's like oh, yeah. oh no he they look at him as like god no y'all are stupid if you listen to me earlier <laughs> <laughs> he even tried to go like try to take care of it whenever the talicons invaded wakanda and then he got the whole 
<laughs> that kind of cracked me up whenever he got the, yeah. the punch to the chest. After <laughs> right, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was yeah. worried they were gonna kill him. I really I, did. I, I was, was right. Yeah. Oh no! I was like, are they gonna kill <laughs> Baku, dude? At one point in time, I thought they did. Like, all right, so you get the big final like fight on that giant ship, yeah. mm-hmm. which I thought was badass, honestly. And there's like, I want to say it was a Tuma that was just going through guys. And there was this big dude. He like stabbed and just flung over. I said, motherfucker, there's no way they just oh. stabbed and threw M'Baku over the hedge. Like, yeah. there's no way he just... And then like two scenes later, you see him like getting up from something. And I was like, oh, praise Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know what you're talking about because I had the same reaction too. I was like, did they just kill M'Baku? <laughs> right? Well, they had like these big burly guys holding mm-hmm. the ropes for the Dora Milaje. Yeah. And so, but like the way this guy looked though, he looked almost exactly like Winston Duke. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I guess the other big thing or one other big thing about this when it was, uh, I mean, like, what were y'all's thoughts on Riri? Like her introduction and everything. So Riri. Riri's complicated for me. <laughs> I I feel vindicated when I said that she'll never replace Tony or Robert Downey Jr. because she's just not charismatic as no, as RDJ. And yeah, she's not. She's just not. She needs to be funnier or something. Like she had one line that she was talking about like Indiana Jones. Like, you know, when they give her the like robes to change into, she's like, no, nah, no, nah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, but that that was funny. <laughs> that white lady from Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the suit I wasn't a fan of as well. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like a Pixar character. It was way too <laughs> sleek and weird looking. It did. It looked like Eva from Wally. Like it. It yeah. was weird looking. Wally. <laughs> I liked that they foreshadowed kind of how they defeat Namor when they show up to her dorm room and she throws like a Bluetooth speaker <laughs> and Okoye cuts it in half. I didn't even catch that. She she has like a heater and she's going to throw it and they're like, oh, you know what? You can deal with this mermaid mermaid man with winged feet. She's like, yeah, you may, we'll see how that goes with your space heater or something. That was kind yeah. of like them foreshadowing. That's funny. I thought that was neat. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I'd say like I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of her suit either. There was a she she looked to me kind of like there's a character I can't remember her name. It's an Overwatch the game, but she's like another little white robot. She's a newer character kind of, but it like the suit makes me think of that, and just I wasn't a fan either. <laughs> so I was really curious about Riri, like in the comic book community, at least like the people that I talk to and, and like the the YouTubers that I watch and stuff like that. Like, nobody really gives a shit about Riri. Like, that's just nobody's like, Riri's my favorite character. Nobody really talks about Riri. Yeah. There are no, like, big-time Riri stories that people really, like, are like, oh, my God, you got to read this. Like, this is an incredible Riri story. Like, nobody, that's never a, a thing, at least in my circles, like, the people that I talk to. Um, That's not to say that there aren't Riri fans. I'm just saying, like, I think they're few and far between, quite like, the mighty Thor. Like, not a lot of people talked about, like, nobody was really hyped for Jane Foster Thor. With that being said, I thoroughly enjoyed, I can't, I don't know what the girl's name is, but, like, her Riri, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really liked it. I thought she was funny. 
Is she RDJ? Is she Iron Man? Like, no, no, she's not. Are they going to try and build her somewhat that way? I could kind of see that. Uh, I think they're more leaning towards Shuri being the new Iron Man than they are Riri. And only because of like the AI and like Shuri did develop the suit. Like she took Riri's plans and went with it. But like, I, I liked her and it actually made me excited to see the new Ironheart TV show that's coming out. So, and especially to like kind of go from Shuri Black Panther having to use logic and wits to kind of beat Namor or at least knock him down to where she could beat him kind of thing, uh, which I still got beef with, which we'll talk about. <laughs> but like, the, the you know, it kind of correlates with the whole magic versus technology that we're going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when um, I you made me think of this. When first off, the actress that plays Riri is Dominic Thorne. Okay. Yeah. When Shuri starts talking with an like essentially the Wakandan version of Jarvis, I was like, is this going to be who Riri? Instead of having the AI version of Tony, or is she just going to download that that like Wakandan Jarvis, and that'll be her AI? <laughs> None of that happens. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I kind of had beef with is there's two scenes where they invoke the like Iron Man thing where one is where she's in the prototype suit and she's flying up into the air and instead of it freezing up, she runs out of oxygen and falls down. It's the same thing that happens in the first Iron Man movie. Yeah. And then the other one is her like hammering, cutting out a piece of steel and hammering out. I had beef with that because I was like, where, what was that piece used for? Because at least with Iron Man... It was the Mark I armor where he used all that. But then when we see the actual suit, it's like super sleek looking and it looks like it's been, you know, made of CGI. And <laughs> <laughs> it did. It, it did not. Anyway, it was just like, I felt like that scene should have been in when she was making the like the rough one, the prototype one that they used to like escape in. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. She definitely looks like Primus, if I'm, if I'm remembering that character's name right from the video game. I can't remember the name of the video. Uh, Metroid. Metroid Prime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Samus. Yeah. Samus Aran. Samus. Samus. That's it. Yes. Yeah, Samus. That's yeah. who I like. Every time I see it, I'm like, that just looks like Metroid. Like, <laughs> it's the blaster arm. It's the blaster arm and the big shoulder pads. Yeah. Yes. I agree. She does look like Samus. And like that dome helmet kind of thing as mm. well. Like, it's not mm -hmm. quite as domed up. Yeah. I was not a fan of the Wakandan suit. I just think that's going to make way though for her actual Ironheart armor. And that is way more sleeker in the comic books and stuff. So we have that to look forward to outside of the armor. Like I, I thought her and her, like now she was like unconscious, like 25% of her like scenes. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> am I wrong? I'm just saying like, it's funny because it's true. No, that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> By water every time. Yeah. What did y'all think of Okoye in this movie? I fucking love that fight scene with her on the bridge. Yes. <laughs> Meh. Okay. <laughs> I thought that shit was dope. Yeah. I I, I, I like I like that they had this. It really kind of shined a light on her. And whenever Ramonda first like stripped her of her of her status and everything, like her rank. At first, you're like, she gave so much for this. Like, why? Why? Like, you, you kind of felt bad for her. But then, like, yeah. At the same time, Ramonda comes back saying, No, you stood by Killmonger mm -hmm. and forced me to go try and figure out a way to make this right. And then you lose my daughter. And I was like, Oh, crap. She, <laughs> yeah, she's got a point. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Angela Bassett has some great scenes in this movie. When she's talking to the UN oh, and yeah. when she's talking with Okoye. Yes. Yeah, it's great. You're, you're, you're absolutely, you nailed that. Absolutely. The Midnight Angel suit. I know it looks exactly like the comic book version. Oh, that's ugly. Stan. But it looked so dumb. Like a bug. You want to talk about Nintendo games about Riri looking like <laughs> Samus Aran. She looked like, like a Zelda character from Majora's Mask. <laughs> like she looks she looks so goofy in that outfit. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it was that was that was hideous. Both of them. <laughs> Her and uh was it Anika? Anika, yeah. 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 Like, Anika. I saw those and I was like, I agree with you. Two thousand percent Okoye, those are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to wear that shit neither. <laughs> And then, like, they were flying around in them. I'm like, well, shit, do they have just their own Iron Man armor now? Is that, like, right? is that yeah. what they're doing? Like, everybody, you get an Iron Man suit, and you get an Iron Man suit, and you get... <laughs> <laughs> like, Why don't they just do that with the herb and be done with it? Yeah. Like, Right? Okay, so here's my question real quick. We start this movie off, and Shuri is freaking out trying to make the heart shape, remake the heart shape herb. Apparently, she believes this will save T'Challa from passing. I thought my interpretation of of ingesting the heart shaped herbs was once you hit, once you've ingested it, like you always have it. You know, once you're saved, you're always saved, kind of thing. Like it's it's just there. It's you don't have to. You never have to take it again unless you you know you're being challenged and you have to be stripped of it, and then you win the challenge. So then you become the Black Panther again. Or is it like actual herb and that shit like wears off after a while? <laughs> <laughs> To my understanding, it was the first one. Like, that once you have it, you always have the power of Black Panther. Right. I don't know if it was like she was needing it because it gave him, like, the power of Black Panther. I think she was trying to use that to... I don't know. I, I, like, I think think this is just a way to say, like, he died of some sort of disease. We don't know what disease it was. He knew about it. He didn't, like, it reflects what happened in real life because I think... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it didn't tell a lot of people that he had cancer. And um, but yeah, it was it's weird. It, it was kind of weird, but I get why they did it. Yeah. I, I totally get why they did it, but still, like, I don't know. That that I that didn't fly well with me. Cause I'm like, you need to either let me know that this shit wears off and they need to take it like once a year, <laughs> once every six months or something. <laughs> or why she like wanted to have this to like try and save him with it because if he already had it, it's not going to save him. I wouldn't think anyways. Take twice yearly as needed. Exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> something else I had beef with and y'all might be able to explain it to me. I'm not sure because so the first scene that we got of them like exploring the ocean floor and stuff like that and then the, the takeover from the Atlanteans, they're all blue. You know what I mean? Like they get yeah. out of the water and they're all blue. But when they're in the water, they're like normal people, but with gills. Okay. Now I'm I'm cool with the gill thing. I understand it for the most part. I, I don't understand why not everybody else is born like Namor after the first batch of people. Other than I, I don't know, it, it, that kind of doesn't make sense to me. But why is it when they get out of the water they turn blue? And if they can't breathe oxygen, which that's been established, then their lung capacity is fucking amazing. Because that whole siren song, as cool <laughs> yeah, as it yeah. is, and I love that they bring like that mythology into yeah, like too. the MCU, but like that shit don't make sense now. <laughs> what well, and like so the blue part, I I don't know. That's just I couldn't answer that one. That's you can go 
find some scientist that might explain that one out. <laughs> um, but and also on the their lung capacity too, like all they were using was that little mass thing over their face so they could breathe. If you like, if you saw it, they had the had the water in that little mask thing. They also had some stuff where their gills were too. Yeah. Oh, okay. But also, like my thinking was like, so they just reusing that water in that mask over and over. Like it's just staying in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry, but like everybody knew how bad their breath stank without having to have have these masks on all the time. So like, I mean, they have to, now it's all slushed up in there for the, for (laughs) the telecons. It's also seawater too. So it probably smells of fish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I didn't understand the whole, like, I got, I thought it was cool. I liked it, but it doesn't make sense to me, the whole siren song thing like yeah. that. I mean, if they're below, because, like, their gills were kind of, like, near their collarbone area. So, like, if they're just poking their heads up, what, I, it, yeah, it's just so they can explain sirens. I thought it was a cheap attack as well, because, like, yes. oh, by the way, I just want to point out when Namor attacks Wakanda and, like, the medic people go out and they use the siren thing, to kill the medic, that's a war crime. I'm just saying, like, when you go after, like, that is something during, like, combat, you don't go after the medics. And Namor straight up just had them murked. So, like, I'm sorry, but that's a war crime. (laughs) Like, goes back to him being a fish dick. But anyway, (laughs) as far as them being blue when they're out of the water and flesh in the water... I just think that was a design choice that made them look cool. And probably they didn't have to paint them blue and have to worry about non-washable paint (laughs) for the actors when they're underwater. I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't either. I was also wondering if that avatar might come after him for being blue people. (laughs) Maybe. Or blue beings. I mean, Disney owns Avatar now, too. So (laughs) Well, that's that's true. true. That's true. Oh, man. That's funny. Since we're talking about design choices, what do we think of the wings? Oh, I love them. Oh, Namor, like, zipping around, like you said, a hummingbird, kicking ass, like, ripping up shit. I was like, yes! (laughs) Burn them all! Burn them to the ground! (laughs) I I thought, I mean, I chuckled uh, because all I saw was the little little messenger guy from Hercules. Mm Mm-hmm. I do will say I thought what was pretty cool was whenever she ripped off one of his wings. Yeah. How bad that hurt him. I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. I felt so bad for him. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I still hate them. And there was three scenes where they focus on it to be like, look how cool these wings are. And I was like, they're they're not cool. They sound cool. The sound design of them, they almost sound like a rattlesnake or something. That was really cool. But look-wise, they still look dumb to me. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's like, I just, I take it for what it is. I never really, I guess, focused on them because like looking in the comic books, I was always like, oh, those are like, that's stupid. Like (laughs) just make him fly like Superman or something. If that's what you're going to do. Why does he need little wings? But I mean, it's look, we always talk about like things being comic book accurate and things like that. At least the community, us as a community, we talk about things being comic book accurate. So like, I'm, you know what? They look stupid in the comic books, but I sure as hell enjoyed them in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take us off the rails just a little bit because we got a few things I feel like throughout this movie that were like blinking, you miss some kind of moments, but I almost felt like they were pertinent information. Mm. 
Everett Ross and Fontaine were a married couple. Like that that was yeah. a thing. Yeah, that's weird. That's so odd. My wife and I looked at each other like, what? This is weird. <laughs> right? And then we find out that like Fontaine's the new director. So does that because I thought Ross, like not Everett Ross, but Thunderbolt Ross was the director. Like I thought that was her boss. Yeah, he's not though. He's a senator. So Okay. He's, he's probably not over. What is it? The CIA? Is that what he's part of? I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what Everett Ross yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So she's just the director over the CIA, but Thunderbolt Ross is just a senator now. And he was just a general over like the, in the army or something like that before, was he not? He wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't part of the CIA or anything. No. Okay. So that, all right. So that, that clears that up for me. Cause I was like, wait a second. Like, is this their way of like, because, you know, the whole rumor is, is that Harrison Ford's coming in to replace the late actor that passed playing Thunderbolt Ross. William Hurt. Yes, William Hurt. And um, and so I was like, is this their way of like getting him out of command and then that way they can turn him into the Red Hulk? Like, is that what this is or so? Cool, 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 cool. Um, another color relation I saw was between the book that we read. And the movie, and it's only one scene, really. It's another blink if you miss it. But Shuri comes back. Yes. From that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, that was reminding me of a question I had. But yeah, whenever you talk about like her, like where, where she came back and saying that she failed. Exactly. Yes. So did she actually though? Like, did she know that she failed? Whenever later on in the in the movie, you see that like she had a little bit further conversation with Killmonger than what originally was let on at that moment whenever she came back. So did did she actually know she failed? Or I, I don't know. I mean, like they never really finished with how she was in there with Killmonger. No, so she just said she failed just to get people to not question her about who she met. That's why Nakia brought her to the side later on and was like, so tell me who you actually saw. Because it was obvious that she had the powers of the Black Panther, like especially the, right after she knocked the shit out of that mannequin across the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, no, I, th- I thought it was just that, like she, I-, I thought she was asking, like, if she failed because they were both, like, surprised whenever she punched the mannequin. She was saying she failed in the sense of recreating the herb correctly, whereas the book was she failed oh, having okay. the like what she needed mentally to be the Black Panther. And gotcha. like in her heart to be the Black Panther. Gotcha. Yeah, like Bast didn't approve of her essentially. So she she didn't yeah. get Bast like approval. That's what she failed in the book. But yeah, and then the the failed part was the yeah, what what Michael said. <laughs> <laughs> Making the synthetic herb like correctly because gotcha. it was a ninety eight point whatever percent yeah. close replica and uh and she was like, Yeah, if it blows then it'll work. Yeah. Kind of thing. So all right, so this is kind of like one more thing before I get into the last thing I want to talk about as far as like reviewing the movie. M'Baku's woots this time around were so weak and I hated yeah. it. I wanted his deep like, ooh, 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 like his bark. Like, no, we got these, ooh, 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 ooh. Like, I'm like, bro, you're not a spider monkey. You are not a spider monkey. That's not how this works, bro. Like, I hated it. That's funny. I absolutely hated it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is Shuri as the Black Panther believable? And did y'all think that she was going to die in in that battle with Namor? Her as Black Panther, I, no, I wasn't. I still wasn't like fully on board with her in Black Panther because what we had talked about before is 
if there was something showing her training, her abilities and that type of thing, like being able to do the things that Black Panther does, they never really gave that. Now, with her like feeling of like that she needs to revenge or whatever, her brother and her, her mom, like everything, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I still was not sold on her being Black Panther. And I did think like once she got, I mean, it was one of those like once they got there to the end to the beach scene that, yeah, it, it was going to be really difficult for her. I think it was kind of cool, like how she overcame it. But for one, my other thing is like, you know, they were trying to get the the humidity or whatever out of the ship and making him dry. But then he plops right onto a sa- island that's surrounded by water. That's probably got like 100 percent humidity. So. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> right? I mean, I know she said to get to the desert, but like the camera, I, it, to me, it looked like it was more like right there on the water. So there's, I mean, anybody's yeah, going to the beach, it's not dry. So. Right? <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't make it quite to the desert. They were no. right there on the shoreline. <laughs> like she yeah. tried her best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, the sure thing is just all, it kind of leads me into my biggest beef of this movie and I kind of want to hear what you have to say Michael before I get into that but (laughs) I thought did I think she was going to die no but there was a split second when she gets impaled that I was like oh shit are they gonna kill her off like (laughs) um yeah (laughs) but do I think she will be Black Panther for the foreseeable future no and we'll get into that in a minute and I'll let you say what you need to say Michael (laughs) Sure is the Black Panther for me. No, it's not believable. I like that she didn't hold her own against Namor. I was glad they played it that way and that she really had to use her smarts and uh, along with Riri's, honestly, to be able to figure out how to dry him out and, and understand that. Because I never, like watching that, I was never like, oh. But it's totally a plot hole that you're right there on the shoreline and there's not <laughs> enough humidity in the air to like, give him some strength to do something. Like, he's not going to just sit there and die on the shoreline, I wouldn't think. When they when he stabbed her, I was like, oh, shit, they're going to kill her. Yeah. And I was cool with it. And I was like, <laughs> is this going to be like Thor Love and Thunder? Because, you know, we lost Jane Foster, the mighty Thor. Like, is that what this is? Are we just rehashing that out kind of again? And then I got to thinking about Killmonger. And I was like, well, he got stabbed. Her suit and everything got impaled because it was with a vibranium spear, I assume. But like, yeah, I was like, okay, well, so Killmarger got stabbed. So, you know, he didn't survive that. Why would she survive that? But apparently she does, which I thought was just, that's one of my biggest beef is that she got hit probably worse than Killmonger did, honestly. And she lived through it. I don't understand that. I don't get it. She looked fine, like zipping away on that ship, standing next to Namor, <laughs> like calling yeah. all the troops off. I was just like, yeah. Bitch, you just had a spear go through you, like impale you. Like, yeah. you ain't Moon Knight. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the power of Conchu. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> you don't even, we don't even know if you have the power of Bast. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So we're, I'm getting into the, the end, the mid credit scene. There is no post credit scene. There's just a mid credit scene. It's revealed that Nakia. And T'Challa has a son. They named him Tucson is his Haitian name, but his real name is T'Challa Jr., the second, whatever you want to call it. I have beef with that because to me, that is telegraphing that they're just going to use that as a way to say T'Challa's back in the universe. And if that's the case, then you should have recasted. You should have taken this movie off the slate 
gave time for the actors and the writers and everybody involved to grieve, to mourn, and then have a, a level head to write a different script or keep the same script and find their new T'Challa. Because to me, you do all this, you know, moment of silence for him. Like, in other words, this movie is just a really, really expensive in memoriam. Yes. Like, that's all this movie is. Yes, I agree. Because we're dealing with a villain that deals with timey-wimey bullshit. <laughs> you could easily say that young T'Challa, T'Challa Jr., whatever, gets aged up due to Secret Wars. Yeah. And then now he's the same age as his father was. And now he's the Black Panther. And I don't like that because it's basically what they did with Nick Fury Jr. in the 616 comic universe, where... <laughs> The Ultimate Universe had Black Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. And everyone loved Black Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. And the comic universe, the 616 universe, had white, like David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. <laughs> and then the MCU did Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. So they were like, well, crap, how do we do this? So they, I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but I'm just going to run through it real quick. They established that Nick Fury had an illegitimate son with a black lady. They named him Nick Fury Jr. He works his way up through S.H.I.E.L.D., he becomes the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then now we have like Black Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. But he's Nick Fury Jr. This is just what they're doing with T'Challa. And it's dumb. It's dumb writing. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like that at all. Jeremy? Uh, also, I, like, I have mixed on that one because I like that they, they're going to be keeping T'Challa. I mean, you know, that's, that's one of the things that we had talked about is that T'Challa as Black Panther had a lot more, a lot more to give than what he was able to, unfortunately. And we were worried that, you know, that that was just out the door now. But I think they did partly. I think it was a, a good thing because now you were able to give you know a big hit to the Marvel Universe, to Hollywood about Chadwick being lost. You were kind of able to give that moment to him. But then also saying like, okay, well, we're still going to continue with this storyline instead of just immediately going, well, I know it would be immediately. I, I know, I see what you're saying, Richard, as far as like giving a little time saying, okay, we're going to still let everybody grieve and then decide to recast. This was a way to allow people to be more open to having a recasted T'Challa, like kind of quote unquote recasted T'Challa. Yeah, I, I get that totally. But I think it's just poor writing to do that, <laughs> like just to go, oh, it's his son. And then later on, it'll be like, it's his son aged up or time displaced. But anyway, yeah, I think any way they went about it other than straight up recasting is an easy write up. You know what I mean? Like it, doing the son, using Secret Wars, using Kang, using a multiverse, like any of it, honestly, to me is a like just a quick, easy, cheap rewrite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think they very much were damned if they do, damned if they don't. And I think that, you know, they could have sat there and recasted and done the same memorial at the first where it was like just Chadwick in the Marvel. But to me, that kind of would have been like disrespectful to the new guy you bring in to be T'Challa. You know what I mean? And so like, I wouldn't necessarily have liked that. Like I would have, I, I love the memorial they did. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I also don't want them to disrespect somebody else that's coming in and be like, you know, we're glad you're here, T'Challa, but you ain't Chadwick Boseman. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? 
So, yeah. I, like I said, I, it was very much damn if they do, damn if they don't. That kind of brings me like what we were talking about before we actually started the podcast. I think Marvel has done a poor job of reloading. We should have seen America Chavez. We should have seen um, Haley Atwills, Kate Bishop, and like all these characters we should have seen before Endgame. They would have all been children. Nobody would have wanted any of these children in Endgame because they could have died or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not Avengers at this point in time. But, yeah. like, we should have been introduced to all these characters before Endgame. And that way, like, we could have been attached to them or something along those yeah. lines and been ready to go out the gate now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if that's what their plan is with this Prince T'Challa, then okay. You know, like, it is what it is, kind of. Like, none of us are going to be able to change Ryan Coogler or, or KVIN's mind on this one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like I said, I, I agree with you. I do think it's cheap, but I think any way they went about it was going to be a cheap rewrite. And I would have even liked, I think it's an Elts world or a, a what-if story. I can't remember. T'Challa has a son with Storm yep. named, like, Azari. And I would have been fine if they said that. Yes. And like, just, it's just not with Storm. It's just with Nakia instead. And that would have been fine. Been like, okay, so Azari's going to be the next Black Panther after Shuri. And that would have made more sense to me. I guess it's just because they call him T'Challa because I'm like, okay, well, if you just call him, then you're just, you're recasting just in a longer way. (laughs) And it's a longer, more confusing way. And... That's why it just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, for the most part, like, I loved how this movie ended with her, like, burning the ceremonial robes and stuff like that. In no way am I just, like, you know, crossing my arms and being like, huff, I don't like this. Rabble, <laughs> rabble, rabble, rabble. But that part, I was just like, it felt a little in poor taste to do that <laughs> for, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, anyway. I think I know exactly what you're saying. You know, they came out and they're like, no, we're absolutely not going to recast mm-hmm. T'Challa. And then by the end of it, it's like technicality. Yeah. Uh, we didn't recast T'Challa, but we still have a T'Challa. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a little sidestep there. Very much <laughs> have their cake and eat it too kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Yep. I see that completely. Like that, yes, absolutely. I was hoping, and a lot of people were specking on it being Azari. Mm-hmm. The thing that was interesting to me was here this year, I believe, I think it's Black Panther 3. Don't quote me on that though. There was a character that came out and his name is Tosin, T O S I N. And that book has just flipping exploded. And basically, what they were saying was what Miles Morales did or is. That's what this Tosin character is going to be for Wakanda. Uh, okay. And so, like, this book has gone stupid, okay? Mm. And so when they said, I, it sounded like Tosin when they first said it. I had to, like, sit and watch the credits to oh, make yeah. sure, like, what his name actually was, like, his mm-hmm. Haitian name. Because I was like, no way did they just sit there and bring a character that just came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, do the things. Looking him up, he's named after a Haitian, an actual Haitian, not president, but like leader of Haiti during their like revolution when they like became like a free country or whatever. Oh, cool. 
that's why he's named that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I don't have much like, where do we go from here kind of thing. I have seen, I don't know if it's confirmed or anything like that, but like Shuri apparently has done like a 12 appearance contract. And like, that's how they're doing these now is like appearances. And Riri has like a 20 plus appearance Holy contract. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that counts per episode for her since she's got a television series. Yeah. I was wondering that same thing. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I like I said, I don't know if these are like confirmed. I haven't found where they've been. Co- but like, these are the same numbers that I keep hearing that these characters have. So I know we got the Ironheart show coming up. I think I'm the only one that's excited about that. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> and then it looks like there may be like Civil War and Talokan. I think they're hinting at because Atuma in the comic books is a villain of Namor. He's not. They're yes. not homies. Like, <laughs> No, no, they're not. And it seems like they're, yeah, they're laying seeds because Nemora even says like, you know, I thought I'd, you know, serve you to the day I die. And it, it seems like they're sowing some seeds of deceit there. But one of the things I think they're going to go for since it's established in this movie that a ton of countries are wanting vibranium for themselves is, didn't this happen in the comic books where they, T'Challa hits some kind of button and it nullifies like all of vibranium in the world? It becomes useless essentially. Really? Oh, holy shit. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that happens. I can't remember. I'll I'll look it up later, maybe address it next episode. But yeah, I think that happens in a storyline. So I got a feeling they may do that for the third Black Panther is like Vibranium's gone now. And what does this new Black Panther do with that? What does that new Black Panther do? And what does Talokan do? Yeah. Yeah. Like that fucks them up as well. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know? Big time. It's completely dark then. <laughs> <laughs> Better get some of those glow worms and jellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me ask this real quick. <laughs> I don't remember Namor being able or or any Atlanteans being able to talk to fish or whales or anything like that in the comic books. No, yeah. I always thought that was just an Aquaman thing. Like that he was yeah. like, am I wrong? I don't think you are. I don't think I don't do we see them talk to him? I know they have whales, but like they're orcas, and we've seen like at SeaWorld that you can train an orca to do things. So do we actually see them talk to a fish or anything? No, but we see them like riding a bunch of humpback whales, and I don't see yeah. humpback whales being trained in Sea World. I'm with you. I'm with you on the orca whale. Like I, that was one other one. I was like, okay, when you said that, I was like, okay, I could see that. But like a lot of these were like blue or humpback whales that they're like riding yeah. on and stuff. And <laughs> maybe they're just I don't know. Maybe they're just hitching a ride. They knew they was going that way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and his uh his Uber sign flashing. <laughs> right? Yeah, there you, yeah. Go. there you go. Again, finding Nemo. I speak well. Hello. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you take us? <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, I don't know if y'all caught it, but, and I didn't, but I was reading an article about it. Apparently, when Ramonda goes to Haiti to talk with Nakia, the boy that talks with Ramonda and says, oh, are you here to see the headmistress? That's T'Challa Jr. Really? Oh. <laughs> That's her nephew. And it, basically, they're saying that Ramonda, when she goes to talk with Shuri and you know their, their conversation gets interrupted by Namor, 
she was trying to tell Shuri that you have a nephew. Like, that's what she was trying to tell her about how, like, I uh, see T'Challa. And she's like, no, mother, uh, you see just, you know, visions or something like that. And she's like, no. And then they get interrupted. That was what no. that conversation was supposed to be about. Well, shit, they should have done a better job of that. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Because if that's what it is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, I never would have put that together, I don't think. Especially, you know, in the next year and a half when I eventually decide to rewatch this. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to Disney Plus. Well, I mean, it'll be in Disney Plus. I doubt by the end of the... Mm, no, this is November. It'll probably be on Disney... 45 days, however many. I was going to say, it'll probably be on Disney Plus by the end of the year, or right around the end of the year. They yeah. might try to get it out before the holidays, just because people will be at home and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at least January. January, it'll be on Disney Plus. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Y'all got anything else? That's nope. about all I got. All right, then. Jeremy, where can they find you at? They can find me on Twitch. And handle Night Fury GTO. It's Night the K. And of course, you can find me here. Awesome. Richard, where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Night Curry. Night like day and night and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, you can check us out under the name Comically Comics Podcast. Awesome. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube and eBay at 22 underscore comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. And uh, with all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to me, I know it! You know, you're really cute, but I don't know what you're saying!